Hello everybody, my name is Landon Arenas, thanks for the episode 205 of the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Welcome to the Vortex Apologetic, where substance reigns over mindless entertainment. Because biblical truth matters in a profound, timely, and urgent way in a lost and dying world. And now, introducing your humble servants in Jesus Christ, Ricardo, a.k.a. Beef, Arenas, and Jeff, the Brain, Claiborne. Yeah, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord. Thank you for allowing us, myself and the Brain, Father, to gather remotely in this regard, Lord. It is a privilege, Father, to continue to uh, release podcast episodes, Father. I pray that... Every subject, topic that we deal with, Father, it honors you. It brings glory to your name, Lord, and help us to help our listeners, Father, uh, in dealing with lives, uh, um, with everyday life, I should say, Lord. And uh, we want to thank you, Father, that uh, the Holy Spirit uh, reminds us of your truth, Father. It clears the truth for us, Lord, and that we're able to share that with our listeners. Father, I pray that uh, we continue, continue to be a blessing for those that listen, Father. We also pray, Lord, that uh, as our podcast is uh, referred to, reference, Father, we pray that it can be a blessing to others, Father, that might join in and listen, Lord. Thank you for what you do, Lord. I pray for the brain. Continue to bless this life out there in the East Coast, Father, and I uh, just pray that, Lord, that everything that we speak of today, Father, Father, again, it's glorifying to you, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity. Let us continue to be blessed. Let us continue to um, just bring an honor to your name, Lord. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brain, what up, is the haps with you? Did you just drink a gulp of a kombucha? I did because I had something stuck in my throat. <laughs> I had to get it out. <laughs> So, Folks, this man just said, I'm snacking really fast and I'm just going <laughs> to eat because I'm hungry right before we jump into the podcast. <laughs> you got it. You just got to you got to eat on the run sometimes, you know, but uh, so let me start with this. OK, Trump's going to be the next president. It's it's already over. You're calling it, huh? That's it. That, that's it. I'm calling it. Oh, look. I'm calling it before Fox News does. Whoa. Just beat him to the punch, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because they're always wanting to be the first ones to call it. That's true. That's true. I just, I just beat their rears. <clears throat> you know, I, I think Trump probably has you on speed dial. I'm just going <laughs> to call my buddy, the brain. Beep, beep, beep. Hey, I'm going to win this straight up. It's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> that that information is classified. Classified. That's classified. Because <laughs> I just classified it. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yep. Hey, so, DeSantis no. pulled that out of the race. So you know. And endorsed Trump. And endorsed Trump. Yep. I was just gonna say that, but you said it. Uh, well, hey, at least he pulled out and he's endorsing him. You know, he even knows as much as he probably doesn't like, well, 
And that hasn't really straight up said he doesn't like Trump. He's just had opposition with Trump, right? They got heated a couple times when uh, um, the whole Florida thing was taking place. But other than that, I think uh, he knows that it is, man, he's he's a candidate. <laughs> There's no other. Come on. Yeah. Um, he's smart. And like you said, he's smart enough to pull out. Uh, Haley is the Manchurian candidate she's the one that's and from what my my deduction on it is uh-huh i don't have any proof of this but i just my intuition my gut feeling and just based upon what i'm seeing out of her um she's the one that's getting paid off by the gop to try and and beat trump <clears throat> they, they i don't know how they think they're going to be able to do this yeah she got killed in Iowa, New Hampshire's today. Yeah, I haven't heard him. I haven't seen results on it, but it basically they're saying Trump is going to be well over fifty percent in New Hampshire, according to what I'm seeing. Oh, it's and, it's and over, bro. <laughs> I mean, it's over. It's done. Yeah. And how embarrassing for her when she gets to South Carolina. It, yeah, but you know what? You said it. She's a mature candidate. She's the one getting paid to stuck stick around till the end, right? Right. Try to create some sort of, you know, don't look over here, look over there. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, they're they're just they're scared to death of Trump because they oh, yeah. can't control him. Yeah. They they can't buy him off. They can't bribe him. You know, they they'd have nothing they can control him with. Yeah. So he's a he's a loose cannon to them. Yeah. Not a loose cannon in the sense that he's a threat to us. He's a loose cannon in the in the sense that he's a threat to the deep state bureaucracy mm-hmm. and the globalist. Now you know? let me ask you this. Let's say he does win. He just runs over with the presidency. He wins it by large margin. Do you think this time around? He is going to push even harder to go after GOP and put people in jail and clean house like no one's business. Yes, because here's why: <clears throat> because of his mo, mm. right? Right. People who don't—if you don't know what mo means—it means modus operandi, mm-hmm. um, mode of his his way of doing things. Um, Everything that they have tried to do to him, he's going to flip back onto them. Mm-hmm. So all the indictments, all of the accusations, all the attempts to put him in, the, in jail, all the attempts to, you know, to sue him, to all the stuff that they've done, he's going to reverse back on them. That's how he operates. So, yeah, he's coming for them, and they know it. And that's probably no. what makes it really scary for them because they know, you know, after everything that has happened the last four years <laughs> and him coming back, running again, and even being more popular than he was before, you know what I mean? I'd be yeah. shaking in my boots. I'd be like, I actually, I right before I they call out the numbers, I would quit. I would like, I'm I'm out of here, man. I'm not even going to wait for that storm once it I takes over. I mean, I wouldn't have run against him in the first place. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, if I was governor of Florida, like DeSantis was, and riding high, like he was riding high, mm-hmm. I'd go, this one's yours, Trump, I'll take, I'll take 2028. Yeah. No, That's absolutely. what I would have done. Absolutely. You know? But yeah. they get, the, the problem is, they, they start believing their own press. Mm. Sure, and they, and they get think, start thinking too highly of themselves, and <clears throat> somebody, nobody's there to to slow them down and say, "Whoa, bring them horses down a little bit, play it smart, don't think don't think you're as much as you are, right? Don't think you can do as much as you can do, you know." In four years, if he would have played his cards right, DeSantis would have been. A very popular candidate. Yeah, he may have ruined it with a, with an early run. Yeah, that that's true. I think he was gaining ground for sure. He and was. I don't, I don't think it was the right time for him to have run for sure. I think he should have waited a few, you know, four more years. Yeah, and, uh, just create himself a good uh, backing, you know, and then make mm-hmm. a run for it. Uh, so yep. well, we shall see, but. I, I'm I'm with you, bro. I think, uh, I mean that he's he's a candidate and he's the one to beat. And the only reason why the Democrats would win is again if it's another straight up robbery. Which brings us to, you think they would be able to pull that off again, bro? If they did it the first time, you think a second time it can happen? You're talking about the cheating and the fraud and all. Absolutely, that? Mm-hmm. running away with it, you know. Just they steal, try stealing it. it from under people's feet. They will try it, but it won't be successful. That's my my opinion. Uh, here's why: uh, they won't be able to see the, the participation is going to be higher in this election. More mm-hmm. more people are going to come out the vote. Yeah, right. Right, and that will overwhelm their ability to cheat. That's that's less that's less names for them to. Mm-hmm. Choose from to bring in false votes, mm. right? And even even if they mustered as many as they could, it's still the the, the number of people. I mean, the num- the margin that he is getting and the Trump is getting, and the margin that he will get in the general election, will overwhelm their ability to cheat. Mm. I mean, it'll be too much. They won't be able, you know, <clears throat> stop it. Stop it at midnight. And okay, how many how many votes we need to? Uh, win the election how many do we need to fraudulently put in right you know well the margin's going to be so high they're gonna look at it and go we don't have that many Mm, right we're not going to be able to do it and they know it they already know it they know it now yeah they're already seeing it and that's why you're seeing the response and reactions you're getting out of like rachel maddow Who's you know calling, trying to call Trump a dictator? Uh, they're calling for. I, I think it was on MSNBC. Uh-huh. They were trying to call for the military to have more power, mm-hmm. take power away from the president as commander in chief, uh, take the civilian control of the military off, and then have the military mm-hmm. do do a military coup against Trump if he gets elected. I mean, this is how how insanely desperate they are i mean this is what they've been talking about yeah 
know. And, and you can see why they're doing all of this because they are afraid. They don't want him to win, and they know he's going to win. So they're trying everything that they can to smear him, to make him the worst, uh, by in every way possible. Right. So yeah. that's what they're yeah. going to do. You know. Uh, so I mean. Yeah. But it won't work. None of that's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, my, my guess is, you know, at least half the military will say, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. But they've been working on the military. They've been trying to get the military positioned for that mm. by, I mean, putting in woke military commanders, uh, pushing more of a woke agenda rather than training the military to defend the nation, right? Mm-hmm. right. Um, trying to, they're trying to change the culture, the culture of the military, and they think if they can change the culture of the military enough, they'll be anti-Trump enough that they would be willing to pull off a coup. It's not mm-hmm. going to work. If it, if it, if that were to work, look, people will go along with it, right? Because they don't want <clears throat> to get court-martialed or brought before. A non-judicial punishment under the UCMJ, the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they'll play. They'll play the game until such time as the reality hits that they're being ordered to storm the White House, and then the reality hits, and I don't go. Hey, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. It's wrong, right? Because they never bought into the woke agenda in the first place, right? Right. And so, uh, I mean, if you look at these corporations that have crashed and burned mm-hmm. because of their DEI departments, diversity, equity, and, uh, um, and uh, what's the I? <laughs> uh, inclusion. Inclusion. Department. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, and they push hard on the woke agenda, and then they could put it in their marketing and advertising and all that, uh, they crash and burn. Mm. You know? And people right. within the organization, within the, within the corporation, a lot of them don't, a lot of them don't like it either. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it just turns, you know, people get, you, you can only push people so far before you get a rebellion. Yeah. Um, now, the Supreme Court today, Came out with a 5-4 decision. Okay. It was a temporary decision saying, look, until, you know, certain things can get through the lower courts, we're going to allow the Border Patrol to continue what they're doing. And Texas, you can't put contentine wire, people call it barbed wire, Mm. up to stop people from coming across the border. You got to allow the Border Patrol to go in and remove it and bring them through. Yeah, and that's what the Biden administration wants wanted. So he won that one in the court, but it was a temporary decision until um, it's a stay, basically. Yeah, right. Until until the case can get all the way through the courts. Now, here's the thing: <clears throat> the governor of Texas said, "Nope, not doing it." Mm-hmm. The rebellion is beginning. He's saying there's an invasion of Texas, and under the Tenth Amendment, we have the right to defend our state from an invasion, and states can actually defend themselves from an invasion. 
uh, and they don't they don't have to have the federal government's permission to do that. They can use their own national guard to defend the state. Mm, and so right. that's what that's what Texas is doing. They're saying, "Look, we're being invaded. This is an enemy invading our borders." And this is this is how they played it. And they said, "Look, we're defending ourselves against an, uh, an enemy ins- intrusion into our our state." And so the Supreme Court has no jurisdiction to tell us that we that we can't do that because the Tenth Amendment says we can. And so Abbott is Governor Abbott is saying, "No, we're not removing the canteen wire, and the border patrol just needs to stay out of our way." Mm. So they're, they're rebelling against the Supreme Court, and they're saying, "No, Supreme Court, we're not doing it." Guess who else is doing that? Who else Arizona. is that? Arizona. Arizona, really? Okay. Arizona. Huh. Yeah. Um, what's what's her name? The uh, the governor of Arizona now. Um, oh, I cannot remember the name. She won. She fraudulently won the the position. Yeah. Katie, right. Katie Hobbs. Yeah, Katie something Hobbs. like that. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Katie Hobbs. Anyway, so everybody thought, you know, she'll just let them walk right in Arizona. No, she's doing the same thing Texas is doing mm-hmm. because she's getting pushback from her own constituents saying, "Hey, put oh a stop. really? Yeah. Okay." So, her even even her constituents are saying no. So Biden's not going to get any. I mean, the votes he's going to get are the hardcore leftist votes, and that's mm-hmm. it. Everybody else is going for Trump because they're sick of the invasion into our country. And I, I said in one of my videos, I said, you know, the most of the people will wake up. When sleeper cells start popping out and killing a bunch of our people. Yeah. And then it's all out war. Yeah, at that point. You know, yep. Then it's all out war. Uh, because, you know, we're going to tell the Fed. I mean, my, my guess is the states are going to start telling the federal government, we don't want anything to do with you anymore. We're done. And we're going to defend ourselves. We're being attacked. And you guys are doing nothing. Yeah. So we're going to defend ourselves. We don't want anything to do with you. You know, I wouldn't surprise me if some states started pulling their representatives out of Washington mm-hmm. and forming their own union. It wouldn't surprise me at all. The same conditions that were in place in the 1800s, 1850s, okay, that brought brought in the you know the 1860 the Civil War came in, brought in the Civil War. Those conditions are alive and well today Mm. okay and the last time we had these conditions we had a civil war so in that movie's coming out civil war that's right predictive programming and but but they you know i'm gonna tell you if they think that the military I mean, some of the military will attack its own citizens because they've been so indoctrinated and programmed, but a lot of them won't. And there are commanders, there'll be a civil war within the military because there are commanders going to tell, tell their, um, the admirals and the generals, that, that they, you know, of course, they've handpicked these admirals and these generals, mm-hmm. right? 
they they got rid of the good ones and put the ones they wanted in. We're gonna tell them to pound sand. Yeah, absolutely. We're not obeying those orders. Those are illegal orders, and under the UCMJ, we are we're not required to obey illegal orders, unlawful orders. Mm-hmm. We're not obeying it, and we're standing down. I mean, I can see this. I I could see this scenario clear as day. So my advice to the Biden administration, they might want to stand down. Mm. They might want to just ride these last, you know, what, 10 months, 11 months out. Right. And just peacefully go away. <laughs> because if they don't, if they try to de- declare martial law, if they try to, you know, disease X. Yeah, what is X, all that about, disease X? Well... Now we found find out that there's an Ebola lab okay. in uh, Colorado, and they're thinking that might be disease X. Mm. They're going to try to push up Ebola on us. Um, okay. So, I mean, they try something like that, bring that out, say, oh, we have a national emergency, we've got to shut down the election, can't have the election, martial law. We're going to extend our, 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 our time in office, right? Right. Um, now, you think the people at this point, after they've been, they, after they've watched family members and friends and family and church members and everybody else being murdered in the last, you know, declaration of a, pandem- of a pandemic, right? Yeah, right. Uh, you think they're going to go through this? They're going to—I mean, some will, but I think a lot of people won't. They're not going to cooperate, and they're mm-hmm. not going to shut down, and it, they will push back. And you know, no, we're not doing martial law. You know, governor right. will tell. Uh, there, there's a lot of governors that will tell the military and their national guard stand down. We're not obeying with this order of national law, of martial law. I mean, you know, in the in the 1800s, it was unfair tax on the South, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they were right. the South, which provoked them, right? Mm-hmm. right. Of course, the slavery is is a bad chapter in our in our country, and I, nobody, I don't condone that. The South was wrong in what they were doing in that. But the North was wrong in a lot of things that they were doing. And what did we end up after with after the Civil War? We ended up with a very strong federal government that began to abuse the states. Mm. The carpet carpetbaggers going into the South and just just ransacking the South. I mean, it was just that. I mean, come on now. You yeah, wonder right. why, the tenth, why people are, are are fighting for the Tenth Amendment today again? Because they see the overreaching uh, um, tyranny coming from the federal government. Mm. I mean, you got, you got agencies in the federal government that can spell bureaucracy, but they'd never heard of a constitution. <laughs> That's what happened. They learned bureaucracy <laughs> and completely forgot about constitution. That's what yeah. happened. <laughs> what what's that? What's a constitution? <laughs> I just find I just find it amazing, bro, that first of all, they don't even know what 
stinking uh, disease is going to come about. But they decided to call it disease X, right? Because they want you to be prepared for whatever the next epidemic slash pandemic is going to be. And they say, the WHO says, well, we have to make sure we're well prepared. It's like, really, dude? You don't even know what that disease S, you know, X is. You're just making up a, and not only that, you say disease X, say it in the, in the media a bunch of times. What do you think people are going to do? They're going to panic. They're going to start going, what in the world is going on? We got another disease around that's going to cause another epidemic, another pandemic. We can eat more shots. You know what I think they're doing? They want to start doing that so that they can continue doing their their supposedly trials that they do so they can have a vaccine ready, bro. So when it does something happen, oh, oh, there's your vaccine. Here we go. It's the trials are good now. They've already got one waiting. Yeah, absolutely. And and Davos, they went through the same exercise in Davos Uh this this year that they did in 2019, just, you know, doing the disease exercise where, Mm -hmm. you know, if you have a pandemic, what are you going to do? They did the same thing again this year that they did just before it hit in 2020. Mm -hmm. Literally August of, I think it was August of 2019, they did a, you know, pandemic war game, if yeah, you will. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Go to war against the disease, right? Right, right. Um, and how would we do it? And they talked about shutting down businesses and, and you know, masks and six feet. I mean, they just came up with all of that stuff right. in 2019. Uh, six. Why does number six keep popping up? Six mm. feet. Mm. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, and then they did the same thing in Davos this year, but this year they were getting called out on it. Reporters were getting oh, up in their face, uh-huh. right? Like, yeah, like yeah. Sky News, Sky News, uh, and it was uh, Rebel News out of Canada, and they were getting up in their face saying, "Tell us about, tell us about these, this disease war game you guys are doing." You know, and it, I mean, get, they get up in their faces. We know what you're doing. Just go ahead and tell us about it. You're, you're on camera now. Tell us, tell us what's going on. Uh, how are you preparing for this? What are you doing? Tell us all about yeah, it. Right, right. <laughs> and they're like, "Go away, go away, go away." <laughs> they didn't want to talk to the reporters. <laughs> they go, "We already know what you're doing. We already know what right. you're planning." You right. know, right. And so it's like. Uh, so th- they're going to have a real hard time getting away with it this year. I yeah. mean, this, this time, you know. Absolutely. I mean, and, and yeah. we've seen that they've been trying to push, you know, and I think they do it for creating panic amongst the people and be able to control you. That's why they start doing these things. Oh, watch out. There's a second, you know, wave of uh, COVID coming. It's like, what? Really? You want you want us to just tell us, hey, you know what? We want you to get the shots, and that's it. Bottom line. And then people can just go, no, I'm not getting the shot. Sorry, you kill a lot more people with the first ones that were bad. And so, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it was it was horrendous. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The more I, I, um, I mean, there's you know, as you know, my 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 good buddy uh, Felipe, he passed away a few, you know, a couple years back. Actually, it's coming up on uh, second year anniversary. Uh, And I recently, we recently, what, a week, two ago, we got together with the family. His mom wanted to do uh, like a, like a memorative type of birthday for him, you know, because he's been gone a couple of years and and he was an only son. So mom wanted to, you know, just pay tribute to him and, and talking to his son, 
I knew Felipe had, you know, um, taken one of the vaccines, the first one. But then his son said, hey, you know, what? I want to tell you, my dad took a bunch of boosters after that. Oh, my. So brings me to, oh, my goodness. That kind of explains why he just dropped suddenly. Sudden, Sudden death syndrome. You know, that day when he passed, got home extremely tired. I uh, just felt like he was getting sick. And he's, I guess he never gave the impression that he was having a heart attack or anything like that, but just extremely fatigued and slowly, slowly just falling asleep. You know, kind of like, I'm super tired. I just want to lay down, showered. And, you know, after you read, and you find right. out this and then you read about what you know happens to other people that took the vaccine and a bunch of right. boosters. Well, how many athletes like, have dropped on the field and everything? Exactly, else? bro. Right. So I'm thinking, right. and I was talking to his son, I said, Wow. He even said, you know what? I, I don't think it was anything else other than that. He said, My mind is has changed to where I think after that vaccine and those boosters, I said, he said, his son said, I I I think I kind of blame it on that. I'm looking at that being, you know, why he passed. And I'm like, ooh. And that's that's why more and more and more people are talking about it openly because they have, they've had a loss. Absolutely. I'm reading a book called The Rise of the Fourth Reich. I I recommend everybody get this book, The Rise of the Fourth Reich. Rise of the Fourth. The Rise of the Fourth. Right. Fourth right. And yeah. who is the author of that book, brother? Uh, Steve Deese, D-E-A-C-E, and Daniel Horowitz. Mm, okay. Rise of the Fourth Reich. There it is right there. I don't know. Can you see that? Back it up a little bit. Yeah, there you go. Kind of see the writing there. Okay. Yeah. I, I always dump the covers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they just... I can't hold the book right with the cover on. But anyway, fantastic book that that it's written like a a, um, a court case. Mm, okay. Like lawyers are, are preparing a court case and they're presenting their case in court, their their prosecution in court. Oh, okay. And and they have all of these doctors that they've interviewed in the book. Physician assistants and and nurses and doctors and some of them military. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like they're putting them on the stand and they're questioning them on in a court case. Oh, they did an wow. opening. They do an opening statement in the book, and then they do all these doctors, a lot of chapters of doctors, and then they do a closing statement. So I'm, I just finished chapter five, and just even get through getting through chapter five because I think there's about twelve twelve chapters or so, something mm-hmm. like that. I, I mean, even me, as much as I've been talking about this. My eyes have been open to it. I mean, it's just, um, they just completely devastate the whole idea that this is just a conspiracy theory and you people, you're just crazy that, you know, they were safe and effective and all this. That book obliterates it. Really? Okay. Yeah. And, and you know where I found the book? Where? Barnes and Nobles. No way. That it was place? In Barnes and Nobles. Yeah, it was in Barnes and Nobles. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, I guess cool. for, for business sake, it don't matter what the heck it is as long as it sells. <laughs> yeah, they'll sell anything. <laughs> money, money, money. Right, exactly, anyway, exactly. 
All right, cool. Well, that's good to hear. Since okay. you said you're reading that book, guess book what that I'm reading? Well, because we, the church, we have a a, a book uh, reading. Uh, we started reading. We have a list of books that we're going to read this year. And the okay. first book we started reading is Knowing God by J.I. Packer. Let me tell you, bro. I read, I've read that. It. I know you've read it. And I read that's it a, a while book. back. Yeah. Why is it that some of these books that are so rich in theology, so rich in, in, in uh, you know, bringing about, uh, you know, good theology that, you know, supported by scripture, obviously, that every time you read it, bro, it's like a whole new way of reading it and it convicts you and, you know, sets good reminders. You know, yeah. uh, it's a blessing because. You know, you always think about we think as individuals, we know enough about God or we think we know God. And I love the way, you know, in the first chapters where the book is explaining how there's many Christians that know about God, but they don't truly know God. Yeah, they know about God, but they don't know God. They don't know God. Exactly. So I love it. Even after, you know, this many years after reading the first album, it's like completely new again. And what a blessing it's been. It's been definitely a refresher, Uh, uh, which, by the way, folks, we recommend knowing God. Even my brother has read it. He can tell you that as well. And some of these books that we mentioned, they're good reads. Uh, You know, I'm sure you can find them not only like brother had found that book at uh, Barnes and Nobles, Amazon. There's a lot of good spots through amazon that you can find that have brand new books used books some really good condition that are used as used books that you can buy for a few bucks so it's always recommended yeah so yeah good reading yeah so anyway enjoy those books uh so so we got a rough road ahead of us still until Mm. We can get somebody in the White House that they can start to clean house. And to me, Trump is the only one that's going to be willing to do it. Uh, uh, Carrie Lake, they tried to bribe her. It's it's on Twitter. The actual Mm. recording. Really? uh, X, I guess X. You call it X now. Uh, But yeah, the actual recording, uh, she secretly recorded a GOP official trying to bribe her to get out of the Senate race. Really, and saying doesn't surprise me. And and she says, "Well, so who's behind this?" And he tells her, "Very powerful people in on the East Coast. Very very powerful people on the East Coast. Where would that be? Washington D.C. Right, right." And she's like, "Not for a billion dollars. This is not about money. It's about the people." Oh, she read him the riot act. Yeah, nice. And she and she told him, "You go back and tell them I'm coming." And I'm going to disrupt that place. She should have. She should have done a white herb. Tell him I'm coming, and hell's coming with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that, that would have been a great opportunity for a movie quote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good movie quote there. Yeah. Oh, so wow. anyway, but hey, you know what? That stuff doesn't surprise us. I mean, if you think about, you know. Some politicians have spoken about getting bribed for things. And there's some that have straight up said, no, I'm not doing that. I I don't care about the money. I want the good things for the people of the, you know, of the United States of America. I'm working for them and trying to push, you know, uh, for the good of the people. 
You yeah. Know, uh, so yeah, we're not. I'm not going to sell my country out. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, yeah. you know, those good politicians, those God fearing politicians that are there in Congress, they're pretty much drowning in a sea of, you know, all the corruption and everything. So unfortunately, right. you know, it's a little hard for them, you know, uh, to get things done. To to, but hey, when God is sovereign and you put your faith and trust in Him. That's what you continue to do. You continue to work for the glory of God, bring honor to his name, and God is going to do the changing. God's going to do the judgment. He's going to do the changing. He's going to do whatever he wants. Yeah. And his providence is, you know, God has his providence. He has his, you know, I, God's got the master plan. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, we people talk about the white hats versus the dark hats and all this kind of stuff. You know, and Trump's got this great plan, and all you know, the, the White Hats have this great plan, yeah. and Q and all this. God has the ultimate plan. So, check this out. We just said providence, bro. Explain to us how does God providence work? How does it work in an individual's life? Let's say, you know, living day by day going through the process of being sanctified. How does one live uh, with God's providence at hand? When does God's providence come into play in a Christian life? Well, uh, I got a, guess what I got right down here. Let me guess. You got another book. <laughs> oh, my goodness. A big red book called Providence written by that one guy. John, John Piper. Piper. Big, thick book on Providence. That looks cute. So the question you asked uh-huh. has a big, thick book answer. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know it's a big, loaded question. Yeah. You have to begin with uh, Joseph and his brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas uh, Joseph was sold off into slavery by his brothers. Right. Uh, to the Ishmaelites, or whoever it was. Ishmaelites, I think it was. And they took him into Egypt. And everything that happened to him in Egypt was according to God's will. Mm-hmm. You know, being a, a servant in Potiphar's house, being falsely accused of a crime, thrown into the prison. <laughs> then the king bringing him out of prison and making him the second highest ruler in the land because he was able to interpret a dream that nobody else could interpret that the king had. And the king saw his wisdom and brought him out. All of that was done by the providence of God. Hmm. And man, he told his brothers later that you meant it for evil, he said, but God meant it for good. Hmm. Amen. So the actions of man and the, and the sovereignty of God and his determination of what would happen run parallel. Hmm. So God doesn't commit evil. Right. But when man commits evil, it falls within the providence of God. Mm, That's huge. Because it leads to an ultimate end. Mm -hmm. Um, We live in a fallen world. We live in a world that's filled with iniquity. We, We inherit our sin from Adam. 
Adam was our perfect representative in the garden. Our federal head, that's, that's the theological terminology for it. He was our federal head in the garden. And when he fell, we fell with him because we were in his loins. Mm, that's right. So what God is telling us in that is, look, if it wasn't Adam, if it was you that I put in the garden, you would have done exactly the same thing that Adam did. Mm. Right? So we right. can't say, well, Ad Adam did this to it. It's his fault. Why are you making me responsible, Lord? Because Adam did this to me. God says, you are Adam. You're a son of Adam. You are Adam. You would have done exactly the same thing Adam did. Or worse. Or worse. Probably trying to kill Eve for doing that to me. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how's your marriage brother <laughs> just checking we'll make sure things okay at home. <laughs> oh my goodness that made me choke there <laughs> scared um, me. now let me ask you so within that providence of god and you know some you know, in his providence, God works, you know, at different stages, right? It could be God's providence from one day to the next. It could be a week long that his providence is working, or it could be years within God's providence. Obviously, in this case, we're talking about Joseph and his brothers, right? Because that took a full amount of, you know, actually a lot of years before that was a that lot to happen, right? Right. A lot now, of years out of Joseph's life. How important is for the Christian, you know, when facing or to understand God's providence and knowing that you're going to face trials and tribulations during that providence or that waiting period, how much trust and, and hope do you have to have in the Lord? And not only that, how much does wisdom, maturity, uh, you know, the ability, the, the gift to be able to forgive those that do, you know, bad to you, right? How much does that apply discernment? Because man, I, I probably crack within the first, uh, you know, a few, few trials. I'd be like, what in the world? Why? Providence, God, where's your providence? So tell us or share with us how important is it in our Christian walk to face these trials? And not only that, what would be the best way to approach each trial as it comes, knowing and ultimately sitting in our heads that this is all within God's providence and our, us confirming to his will for that providence to come and end wherever he wants it to be and there take you through the whole process itself. How many times did Christ look at his disciples and say, oh, ye of little faith? Oh, man. I knew you were going to come <laughs> back with a good one. <laughs> That's it, folks. It's the end. We are done for today. <laughs> But man, why did he say that? Yeah, yeah. They they, they, they sat there and watched him perform miracle after miracle after miracle after yeah. miracle, and still were affected by the circumstances uh, in their life. Right? Yeah. On the boat that was tossed and turned at, at in the Galilee Sea, and you know the big storm came up. And if, if you ever been in a storm. 
on a ship at sea, and they were in a smaller a fishing boat. Mm-hmm. I've been in heavy storms on board Navy ships at sea, and let me tell you something. That's a big hotel <laughs> on the sea. Well, in comparison, yeah. <laughs> in comparison, right? <laughs> but I've been—I was on—I've uh, been on two different ships. I was—I I was stationed on two different ships. One was a guided missile cruiser. And the other one was a, an amphibious assault ship, basically a, a miniature aircraft carrier. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, both of those ships got tossed around like a cork in really bad storm, storms at sea. Mm-hmm. Now, they wouldn't sink because they had amazing watertight integrity. I mean, yeah. it, I watched an LST, which was another am- amphib. But it was a smaller one, flat bottom ship that would actually go up let, that would actually go up on the beach, beach itself, mm-hmm. let equipment off for the Marines, and then to reverse engines right and pull mm-hmm. off the beach, right? Yeah. Smaller ship. But I would watch that thing. I was on the deck of the Tripoli one day looking down at this LST as we were in heavy seas, because I had inclement weather watch. Mm-hmm. And I, I had the binoculars, and I had to inform the, the bridge when I saw anything off in the distance, you know, make sure we didn't run aground or anything like that. But they had radar, but we were just extra eyes. And um, I watched this ship get buried under waves. Mm-hmm. I mean... I would watch the bridge of the ship literally disappear under the ocean hmm. and then pop right up out, out of that wave back up onto the surface and keep going. I mean, Navy ships are made solid now. Yeah. And, and yet it was a ride in those storms, even in a ship like that. I mean, that was, I felt bad for the Marines and the sailors on that ship. I said, man, they're getting a ride. They're getting a roller coaster ride. But, <laughs> but, um, imagine being those disciples. Yeah. So an old wooden fishing vessel getting tossed around like that in the Galilee sea. And who's sleeping in the bow of the ship? The creator of the universe. He's like, what's the problem? Exactly. What are you guys fussing about? <laughs> so they wake him up. We're about to perish. And he looks at me and says, oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> you know, when a storm. Oh, like, man. Because we go through storms in life. Everybody does. Everybody goes through hard times and difficulties. They're different for everyone because God has different arrangements for, for, for different people. He knows us intimately. We don't, don't put your eye on the storm. Mm. Keep your eye on Christ. Keep your eye on, on the Lord and understand that he, he is... The, He's the watertight integrity that will hold our ship together as we go through the storm. Mm, amen. He will, he will take us through the storm. We have to. I, I heard a story today about a guy in Alaska. And uh, long story short, they ended up taking a, a small plane uh, from one part of Alaska to the other. Um, 
and it was you know how those how Alaska is. I mean, it's dangerous. Yeah, flying right. Alaska. So they get they get up into cloud coverage, and the pilot looks at these two guys who had just uh, they had just handled a case. So they were lawyers, and they just handled a case mm-hmm. you know, out in the boonies somewhere. And he looks at me and goes, I always pass out when we get in the clouds. And they're looking at him going, oh, come on, you're kidding me. And they get in the clouds, and the pilot looks over at the guy next to him. His eyes roll back in his head, and out he goes. (laughs) Oh, oh, man. So uh, these guys get on the radio. They're calling for help, and they end up getting an air traffic controller. So a, um, a, a larger airliner heard their call for help. Mm-hmm. Patched them into an air traffic controller, stayed in the area until they could they could get them down safely. And the air traffic controller said, "Look, I'll I'll, I'll get you down, but you're going to have to you're going to have to listen to my voice. Mm. Don't look at the storm that you're in. Don't look at the clouds. Listen to my voice and do what I say." If you don't listen to my voice, then you're going to you're going to crash. You're going to die. Mm-hmm. He goes, but if you listen to my voice, I'll get you home safely. So they listened to his voice, and they ignored the storm, and he got him home. He got him down safely. It's an amazing story the way he tells it, and he says Jesus said. My sheep know my voice. Amen. Right. Listen to his voice. He said, you know, and the guy, the, the guy who introduced it in the video says, I'll never look at the Bible the same way again. Wow. After hearing that story. Absolutely. He said, you know, we have to, we're in the middle of the storm. While we're, while we're here on this earth, we're in the middle of the storm. We're battling our own flesh. We're battling the world. We're battling everything. I mean, we're in a battle while we're here. But we have to listen to the voice of Christ through the scriptures. That's our guide. Yeah. That's our guide through the storm. Uh, what a blessing to hear that. And I mean, what better explanation do you want? A simple and fast explanation. We can read Piper's book that thick, but for now, God's providence. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Right. How does the song go? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Think of his wonderful grace. Right. And that would be the first thing, the first thought that should come to your mind. His grace and mercy for us when it comes to salvation. And that should be the starting point, I believe, in order for you to, you know, trust the Lord and continue to right. depend on him. Right. So let me go, let me just turn over here and see if I can find it here. Uh, so Joseph goes through all this stuff. He goes through a lot of turmoil in his life. Mm-hmm. He gets to the end of his life. I'm trying to, trying to turn to the passage. Um. And this is him blessing. Okay, 50. Uh, Genesis 50. I believe that's pretty much it. Uh, 
Trying to find where he was talking to his brothers. Uh, let's uh, see. There. Uh, Joseph, that's where Joseph died. That's too far. <laughs> but he's telling his brothers. His brothers were scared that he was going to. That his father had died. And his brothers were scared that Joseph would take that opportunity to, to kill them because how badly of how badly they treated him. Uh, is it 45? Genesis 45, I think, starting verse 3. Okay. Check that one out, bro. 45. I got a brand new Bible, and it's just the pages still stick on it. Um, you said verse 3? Actually, you can start from verse one because it starts. Then Joseph could not refrain himself. Oh yeah, he's them. crying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, well, he reveals himself to them. Right. That's why he reveals himself to them. I'm Joseph, your brother, and so forth. But then later on, their father dies. Right. And when their father dies, Joseph blesses his son. Jacob blesses his son. So Jacob. Jacob, uh, the death of Jacob. Here we are. So Jacob died. And chapter 5 says, And Joseph fell upon his father's face and wept upon him and kissed him. And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father and so forth. And 40 days were fulfilled for him in the embalming. And the days of mourning passed. And... Uh, Joseph spake unto the house of Pharaoh, asked him to bury his his brother, his father. Uh, went up to bury his father. Um, in threshing floor, inhabitants of the land of Canaan, and his son. Let's see, I'm trying to find it. Joseph returned to Egypt. <clears throat> he and his brethren. And all they went up with him to bury his father after he had after he had buried his father. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, it's it's uh, chapter fifty, verse fifteen. They said, Joseph will peradventure hate hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, <clears throat> So shall you say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of your brethren and their sin, for they did unto you evil. And now we pray you, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when he spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be your servants. And Joseph said to them, that was to fulfill the prophecy, by the way, mm -hmm. Joseph's dream. And Joseph said unto them, fear not, for, I, for am I in the place of God? Am I God? I don't determine what happens to you. God does. Right. Uh, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear you not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Mm. So God did all of that stuff he did 
to save uh, you know the the twelve tribes alive, right? Right, and so we don't know when we're in the middle of the storm. We don't know what God's providence is doing. Right, God's mind is so so far above ours. And we're going through all this stuff in our nation and everything, and people, I mean, it's easy to get really uh, really worried, worked up, fearful. Um, we're going to lose everything. Um, you know, the globalists are going to win, and we're all going to be slaves, or a whole bunch of us are going to be killed. And I don't know, some of that may be true. But it's all according to the providence of God. And out of that, he will bring good. He uses evil. He doesn't commit evil. Man commits evil. But he will use the evil that man commits to bring about uh, an, an end result that is good. And, of course, Romans eight twenty eight, for all things work together for good to those who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. Part of the golden chain of redemption, by the way. And God does, I mean, all the things that we see happening in the world, as horrible as they might be, because we live in a horrible world when it comes to the sinfulness of man, it all works toward a good end for the believer. Mm. For the believer, for the church. Amen. Specifically for the church. God is building his kingdom. He's not building anybody else's kingdom. Now, man has kingdoms. We have nations. And God has ordained those nations. And God, in his providence, has allowed those nations to be. But they're temporary. They're temporary stepping stones to the ultimate kingdom, which is his kingdom which he is building, and he will dominate in the future. But um, it's going to be, according to his will, how he does it, according to his providence. And uh, just like those ships at sea, we're going to go through a bunch of rough seas before we get to the shoreline. Yeah. So we're riding out the ship, and... um, you know, we need to we not we we need not to be of those oh ye of little faith. Now now the, the, the apostles they were not of little faith after the resurrection. They were of great faith and they and they did amazing things. And so the Holy Spirit has a lot to do with that in our our growth and sanctification over time, our faith grows. And we, and we do it through experience and through the word of God. Hey, oh man. Wow. That just to be able to go over that, brother, and, and touch upon those, you know, truths in the word of God, it's such a blessing because I mean, we got God's word already in front of us where we can go and read about how God's providence worked in the old testament, the new testament, and how people were transformed as they were going, as they were being conformed to God's will during that process of God's providence you know, taken to its completion. So we learn to be wise. We become more mature. And you were just talking about how God matures us. The Holy Spirit you know, is the one who brings clarity to us in his word. And we grow to be wiser. We grow to be more Christ-like in our mindset. So 
Praise the Lord for that, brother. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah Christ told us that we'd have trouble in the world. Told his disciples that. <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. And like you said, even those troubles, they messed up so many times, right? Sure. <laughs> and he we kept on repeating and saying, hey, don't have little faith. Come on. We, we all mature. mess. Everybody yeah. messes up. Absolutely. Nope. Absolutely. And again, and after the resurrection, it was completely different. <laughs> yeah. And we can't run around blaming everybody else for our, our mess ups. We own them. Right. You know, we own our own our own issues. And we have to work through them uh, with the Holy Spirit, with the Word of God. You know, facing ourselves no. in the mirror. Right. <clears throat> so... So yeah, the world's going to be tipsy-topsy. The world's going to be a storm. The world's going to be waves at sea. But yeah. we can stay calm in the midst of the storm. Praise the Lord. Good stuff, brother. Brother, I think that's a good time to call it for today, this episode. What a blessing. What a way to end it. If you have any closing thoughts, go for it. If not, you know exactly what to do. Well, just thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, everyone, for giving uh, your time to this podcast. I know people's time is precious and people are busy. Um, but uh, to take the time to listen to us, uh, we're very appreciative of that. And I hope we're a blessing to you. And remember uh, to promote this podcast and uh, help us to get the word out. Because yeah, we want to be a blessing to more people. And you can do the same. You know, God has called all of us to be a blessing. So uh, remember, keep your mind sharp and your heart pure, and we'll see you in the next podcast. We'll catch you on the flip side. You have been listening to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to listen to the Vortex Apologetic. It is our prayer that God is glorified and that you are richly blessed by this podcast. We are living in amazing times, and it is a privilege to encourage and strengthen your Christian walk through the use of modern technology. Therefore, remember that you can find us at TheVortexApologetic.com, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and all major podcast providers. Just search for The Vortex Apologetic, and there you will find us. Thank you again, and remember, keep your mind sharp and your heart pure. God bless. God bless.